Hello, everybody. Welcome to Banana Split, the podcast where an Asian guy and a white guy talk about geeky events and trending news happening this week. Today, we have a special guest on our show. His name is David Baker. Hi, guys. Thanks very much for having me. Awesome. David Baker is a well-known writer, geek, cosplayer. He's been involved in RTX, Hanabi. He's done a lot of, uh, I guess, other podcasts as well, but he has been in the uh, convention scene for quite a while. He's the veteran, and he's here to share his thoughts about the goodies. Oh, God, if I'm going to share my thoughts, well, it's going to be a couple of hours going. That's all I did. It's going to keep to 60 minutes. Okay. Well, I think it's about time that um, you introduce, you know, some chocolate ice cream onto this banana split. Oh, you know, yeah. we've got the yellow guy oh, and the white damn. guy. Now we have a brown guy. We're, we've hit all demographics here. Beautiful. I, I, I love uh, multiculturalism in all levels, uh, sexual or not. Okay. <laughs> so, Patrick, what, what's up? What's up this week? We don't really have... I was planning to have a guest, um, the man that walks around with a chip in his arm, um, and I'm going to call him out right now. He hasn't got back to me. So, uh, we'll see how we go. Hopefully, um, we'll get some traction on that at some point. I know what it's like. You get 20 messages a day in your inbox, and you can rapidly get pushed to the bottom. So, no hate there. All good. Um, and... We love this guy, so I can't wait to hear more from David. And uh, I really enjoyed watching his videos back in the day from Smash and Animania. Um, look them up if you can. Uh, I think the main title they went under was All the HP. Yep, so we did go under All the HP, but now our YouTube channel is Health Potion. Right. And you'll find a lot of uh, cosplay interviews, uh, cosplay sketches we did, um, un- all unplanned at um, Sydney conventions, um, and uh, music videos as well. So yeah, a little bit of everything uh, for everyone and uh, who wants to look at good Sydney cosplayers um, Yeah, while they're having fun at uh, our great conventions. That's right. And speaking of conventions, we've got one coming up real soon. Um, other than, oh, I forgot to check the date, but I know it's the weekend before Oz Comic Con. Game Traders in Blacktown are having a bit of a shindig with the cosplay comp on Saturday. So I think that might be next week because we're already in September 2017. Yeah, it could in case be the you're 16th, listening to this five years from now. Um, yeah. Because that's what I plan for. I'm not planning, I'm not doing this for anyone that's listening this week. Right. You know, this podcast is for people listening in 2027. Damn. So, um, you know, it's all about the time capsule. You're a very forward-thinking man. Patrick. Yeah, man. It's all about the big picture. Um, so, you know, all our grandkids are going to be listening to this. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So, Oz Comic Con, that's the big one. And I yep. think the final one in Sydney for this year. Yes. So, looking forward to that. And I just got a vault suit in the mail and I tried it on and it mostly yes, fit. Yes. You shared that on the interwebs. What yep. was the reaction like? Uh Stop drinking all that Nuka Cola. I might have put on a little that. weight. In the How last rude two years. was that? Well, it's all right. If it was you, I'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> but it was someone I'd never seen before. So I was a bit like, oh, geez. Um, that, that hurt right in the know. gutter. You've got to admire his reference, though. Like, yeah, you know, yeah no, he's no. A little bit... I'm not really at that. <laughs> if you're going to be insulting, just, be creative. It's good to about have it. a reality check now and then. And, and it really did actually make me uh, double think every time I order it to. Big Macs. Now I'm like, maybe I'll just have one and a half. But see, know. my problem right now with McDonald's is because they've started the Monopoly promotion. Yeah. This is September is my fat month because mm. I have to go large. I have to get the type of variations that give me those extra tokens. Oh yeah. And then yeah. obviously I just keep winning free Big Macs and free cheeseburgers, and it's, right. it's just a vicious cycle until they expire in December. Is that with the little code thing that you have to fill in? Or, or the mobile app? app it, yeah, it, yeah. It, it got inspired by Pokemon Go actually um, last year. They, the the um, AR uh, technology that Pokemon Go. Uh, 
um, made very popular. Yeah. McDonald's just jumped on that to like, well, you know, you don't need to keep the stickers on your cups and chips anymore. It's like, just scan it on your phone and like, yeah, well, it's just like the app, you know, mm. it just lets them Because it's not it using uh, the little grid type pattern that you used to see. What was that called? You'd see it in magazines. And they'd go, oh, scan this if you want to watch this video. Oh, QR code. QR, QR code. Codes, it's not yeah. like that. It's just literally a bunch of letters and numbers. But somehow your app will read them and tell you whether you want a Big Mac or something. It's kind of scary how, like, just pointing your camera at it, not you pressing anything, it yep. will just recognize those letters and numbers yep. code automatically without you doing anything. It's kind of scary what these phones are capable of and what they're going to be doing for our lives. Skynet is real. Yeah. Yes, the security uh, threat is, is real. Yeah. Uh, definitely. We're living, living in the future. World. And where's it going to go? I'm picturing Google Glasses that aren't creepy somehow, that have some kind of GPS... Uh, feature where they can tell when you've gone into a toilet and shut down. There'll be some kind of nanny mm. state type deal like that. I just hopefully. want a functioning Dragon Ball scanner. That's all I want. That would mm. be cool. I think uh, this generation we're, we're having people looking down the phones. The next generation will be people looking. Like, well, that's why like, I was in, in the city the other day and they had all these new uh, lights and uh, road paint right there at the footpath on the gutter. So, and that's specifically for people that look down at their phones all the time. Is that right? Yeah. So Jesus. now it goes green and red on Man. the floor, not just. Yeah. And that's why um, uh, a lot of the emergency services, the sirens have changed as well to that lower bass thing ah. to penetrate your earphones yep. and your thing. So you can actually hear it. That, that low whooping now, as we know yeah. now, Cause the that's because of people right? have got their earbuds and headphones on now. Yeah. Ah. I mean, they're catering towards all these zombies. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely getting more bumped in the streets like now than like many, many years ago. Right. It's just like people don't, they've lost their sense of awareness and the environment. It's like... Mm. And I can vouch that he's not a big guy. It's got nothing to do with size. It's... That's how you use it. <laughs> Thanks, Patrick. You've yeah. just lost the illusion to our listeners. <laughs> I not that type of Asian stereotype. You know, well, I was I telling know. everybody I was six foot four. So, bugger that. Thanks a lot, Pat. You're not the Asian dude from Riverdale. <laughs> He's only two inches from the ground. Mm. No, I, I'm petite, I, just the way I like him. I'm I'm black from the waist down. It's okay. Mm. <laughs> anyway, I'll have um, to take your word for that. Yeah. Um, speaking of Riverdale, has anyone watched it? Am I the only one that watches Netflix here? I can't believe it, but I think you slipped the other day that you haven't even seen the Marvel shows. Um, yeah, like obviously I hear great things about um, the Daredevil series and stuff, yeah. but I just didn't start. It's like. With the CW shows, Arrow, um, yeah. Flash, and um, Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl, it's like I miss one week of that, and like I, it's so much to catch up. Especially they're supposed to be watching chronological order of the shows each week. You can't just binge watch one right. show and start another. Yeah. So obviously, with the Netflix format for the Marvel um, stuff, yeah. I just haven't been able to consume it. Um, so you are watching something. It's just yeah, the, Netflix, the wrong, Netflix, it's just the wrong universe. Um, I'm always pretty much... I haven't watched a lot of their original content. Yeah. Um, obviously like House of Cards and um, Bojack Horseman and stuff Stranger like things. that. Stranger Things, that was a fantastic miniseries. Oh, at least you've seen that. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think it's just like I am more of a DC guy, um, mm. but I, I don't let that stop me from enjoying great Marvel content. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like... It's from what I've heard. Obviously, it starts at Dead Evil One up here up the top. Dead Evil Two gets down, and yeah. then January Jones, which you know was good, but not to people's expectation. Then Luke Jessica Cage, Jones? Jessica Jones, sorry, yeah. January Jones, sorry. I'm thinking she, of she's Mad Men from Mad Men. Yeah, yes. Mad Men. Um, ah. And then obviously like the whole um, Iron Fist. 
Yeah. Um, I haven't seen that yet. I heard a lot of it debacle, so it's, mm. it's turned me off to watch. It well, it's the same but... problem they've got with the latest show that I don't think it's dropped yet, but they had to do it in six weeks. Um, it's the one with the giant dog that can teleport everyone and the guy that if he opens his mouth, everyone dies. Um, I should really know the name of it, but it's... Uh, not the, Is it The Inhumans? Oh, Inhumans, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know where you got the... I, yeah, I saw the trailer for that. That looks yeah. good. I, I, don't, I don't remember the dog. There's a giant... British bulldog looking thing that flashes it. They've made toys of it and everything. It's going to be the wow. next big merchandising bonanza, like the Groot dolls. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's been a lot of uh, critical consternation, you could say, because Marvel basically got approached and said, uh, hey, do you want to put this together because we've got a gap in our schedule? And uh, they said, yeah, why not? We can do that in six weeks. And just hasn't met expectations. Well, there's a lot of backlash now with um, Netflix, um, with the content being created, um, and a lot of people pulling out now because everyone oh. saw the Netflix structure as the be all end all. It just came mm. out of nowhere. Now it's like you know, with Disney are pulling yeah, all Disney and Marvel own. stuff for their own streaming service CBS being launched um, in own. 2019. Yeah. It's like yeah, it's like so. Where does that go? With obviously the Marvel licensing for because it's not actually Netflix making these shows. It's like independent studios that get licensed by Netflix. It's only now recently that Netflix are actually starting to produce and create their own shows from scratch mm. um, uh, for it. And like, yeah, it's like losing the Marvel library, the Disney library. Well, no, they're not. They're keeping the Marvel stuff. Apparently, Disney's just taking all their cartoons, the kid, the kid-centric, uh, like, you know, Aladdin and all that sort of thing. And it's, I think it's mostly in the US. It's happening next year and it's US-based. Still a large so chunk, we'll probably still Yeah, it's still like, a massive... Yeah, yeah. You, know, you got the, the Pixar stuff as well, um, and then like yeah. the, the Bonavista distribution, like the live action movies that Disney create as well. That's all the thing. Like you know the Mighty Ducks movies, or um, oh, yeah. um, you yeah. know, there's a lot of things. Like Miramax is a part of Disney. You know, mm. does that affect? Can I no longer get like Pulp Fiction or anything like that? Because technically, that was distributed by Disney. Yeah. From what I've read, it's they're focusing on the kids stuff. It'll be like that Disney Channel on um, whatever cable XD thing. Disney XD. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and they can leave the kids at home with it. And I was just listening to a podcast and they were talking about how long the original Disney movies used to be. They averaged about two and a half to three hours. Is that right? Yeah, like wow. Bedknobs and Broomsticks and um, Freaky Fridays King? and all that sort of thing. Lion King is only 90 minutes. Um, a lot of the Disney Renaissance movies, Little Mermaid, yeah. uh, Beauty and the Beast, they're yeah. all 90-minute VHS. Um, oh, okay. I remember. And then... The director video sequels they're all made, they're all 80 to 90 minutes as well. Yeah. Um, a lot of those were made in Australia. But the too. live action stuff was the long because they, that's hours. where the parents would get a chance to drop them off at the cinema and they'd have a whole afternoon to right. go and do right. parent things. Yeah, a lot of double yeah. features. You'd have two 90-minute movies back-to-back and that was just a good three-hour trunk chunk yeah. for the cinemas and um, for parenting, well, bad parenting or good parenting, <laughs> how you see it. <laughs> I don't know if you could do that these days, just leave toddlers in well, a cinema. Well, you'd have to get like a nephew or a cousin yeah, know, yeah. just to take over. Back in the day, whatever, just kick them in um, and let them run around. That's well, on what a side note, you know, you mentioned saying do. parents leaving their kids to the cinema. In the Asian side of things, it's usually tutoring. Yeah. Leaving <laughs> their kids to tutor or like piano lessons or ballet lessons, like which usually last for like an hour or two. Which one did you do, piano or violin? Um, I disappointed my parents. I did none of those things. Oh, well, you're not um, a doctor yet either. But you're not the oldest kid right you've no, got two siblings yeah so your your sister and your brother did they do that stuff uh my brother was heavy into sports my sister did the piano and yep. she you know again uh law economics that sort of shebang yeah so they kind of so. blew their wad on those two <laughs> 
And well, technically, whoa, technically whoa. his parents blew their wad on all of them. Yeah, but yes. <laughs> in a manner of speaking, but like you all their worry house, and concern man. had gone into, you know, the first two. And by the time they got to you, they're like, yeah, you can do what he wants. Let's just say that they relaxed their restrictions. They're, they're pretty yeah. happy, even if I failed, but... That that's not just an Asian thing. That's a the, the the youngest sibling. Like when when a married couple experience parenting the first time, they establish so many rules and thing, and then it, it gets easier for them. And like, yeah. yeah, it's just like, oh, you can look after yourself. Yeah, you can go out like tonight. Like you know, they know they don't have all that fears of concerns anymore. Mm. I'm an only child, so I never had any of those problems. I was just spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I've got two, nice. and yeah, they're both pretty spoiled. So. Yeah, okay. And uh, uh, one of them I only see once a week at this point. We went and saw a great movie, which I can recommend. It very Edgar Wright esque. I can't remember the director. I really should have done some research. Um, but it's called The Hitman's Bodyguard. It had Ryan Reynolds and Sam Jackson. So basically, Nick Fury and Deadpool as a buddy cop film. I've um, heard surprisingly good things yeah, about it. Yeah, it was awesome. It was like a cross between Lethal Weapon 1, uh, there was a bit of Road Warrior in there. Just with, and it was weird because Samuel Jackson was playing like the Riggs type crazy character that you couldn't just, you know, you never knew what he was going to do next. And um, Ryan Reynolds was kind of like the straight man. Um, it was oh. really good. So, it, so did it have, so it reversed the roles basically of like who was Riggs and who was Murtoch. Yeah. Um, and then like, but was it very Shane Black esque with like that, just that, that bouncing duo of scripting, like, you know, in the Lethal Weapon movies and um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang yeah. and um, the Nice Guys? Like, yeah, it was very similar to The Nice Guys, yeah. which I haven't seen all of, but I did read a review and it compared it a lot to The Nice Guys. And so. it, the good thing about that movie, it came out at this great time right now because cause the blockbuster season is over and yeah. August was just horrible for releases and it's making good money and there will be a sequel for The Hitman's oh, Bodyguard. It's like, wow. this is mediocre, you know, action, you know, not, not supposed to go anywhere, but like, yeah, but it's yeah. achieving well and stuff. And now, now that uh, It has come out um, yeah. this week, which is just going to blow box office records not just in the horror genre but like in general like yeah well 52 million on the opening friday night yeah the highest ever grossing horror film to this point was uh paranormal three yeah paranormal which made 52.3 wow. million in yeah, the whole yeah. weekend so it's already going to eclipse well i'm that. going to say tonight and uh, I'm, I'm super pumped because i'm a big fan of like the tim curry's performance i just want to see how Mm. Bill Skarsgård, whatever. Yeah, how's his interpretation of the clown? But seeing the clown in the trailer is really fucked me up. Is he over. the scientist in Thor? No, oh. that's his dad. Oh. He's the son of him. Wow. So, I love families of actors. Yeah, and his brother, I think, mm. is uh, Tarzan, the uh, the latest incarnation yeah, of yeah, Tarzan. Yeah, uh, okay, yeah. I like that guy. I've seen so him in, he was in Vikings. Swedish... Right? Yeah. Was that his brother that was in Vikings? I haven't seen Vikings. Yeah, it's really good. He plays Loki. Um, and he's just the most magnetic character in the whole series. So Yeah, cool. And when they finished that series, they had like the final send-off at um, Comic-Con in San Diego, and they had a Viking ship ride out into the water, and <laughs> they cool. set it on fire oh, to celebrate cool. the end of it. So there's a Viking funeral. Yeah. So Vikings the over? The Viking, there's no more Vikings? There's no more Vikings. How many seasons was that? I think four. Four. Okay, that's manageable. All right. Yeah, that's like that. very well, easy. Vikings is always the you watch this when you when you need a Game of Thrones fix when <laughs> the season is over. Yeah. Um. So like, do you want something a bit more serious, um, more less fantasy, and more just? It's kind of a fill in because it doesn't have a lot of fantasy. There's a lot of allusions to yeah. spirituality and and right. pantheons of the gods stepping in here and there. But are they just a bit crazy? Um. So it's hard to tell, but. 
I think by the fourth season, I don't want to give too much away, but it's pretty clear that they allow a lot of elements of mysticism to influence reality. Okay, cool. Like it's some shit happens where like looking forward to it, man. All right, you know. But yeah, the marketing of um, it, like the balloons that have been going up in sewer grates and stuff, and all that's like, it's just amazing just how big, like a remake of mm-hmm. like a Stephen King film yeah. that like was well liked at its time, mm-hmm. but like wasn't exactly this like piece of, you know, horror. It wasn't history. even a film. Yeah. It, it was, was a, a two part TV series. Yeah. So at least this is actually the first film mm-hmm. version. But I, I like mm. how it's split. It's like, this is the kids' version, and then in the second movie, it will be the adults grown up, and then seeing how they're going to deal with the, the clown, just, yep. just like in the TV series. Um, but the, the fun fact, uh, it was uh, premiered 27 years ago in 1990. Um, the actor who plays the clown is 27. Um, and so, yeah, the number 27 has significance in it. Mm. Wow. Just like um with Twins Peaks, like how they they timed oh, it with yeah. the um see you in um was it twenty five years twenty six yeah that years? was lucky yeah that they could get the money and the financing together and I still haven't I got Stan almost mostly because it had Twin Peaks on it yeah um but I haven't watched it yet. I'm kind of saving it you know it's like when you get to dessert you're like oh I gotta wait for the right time and <laughs> yeah gotta get the perfect snacks next to me and get them McFlurries I've man. heard some mixed reviews so I'm a bit worried but I think I'll I'm definitely going to watch it just for closure. Cool. So hopefully they answer all the questions and not just ask more. But um, you're going back to it, um, cosplay related. A friend online was asking a bunch of the conventions what the rules are going to be with helium balloons. And apparently they're not going to be allowed in any of the convention centers because the helium stuff isn't too much fun for kids and if you let go it'll end up on the roof and then I'll have to that's going to be annoying get a ladder and get it down I don't know for so staff no, it has yeah. to be just it's not a flammable gas no. and, but and you Once know people it's start like... huffing it you, know. <laughs> you get a funny voice like this <laughs> hey you can't, you can't have that so yeah it's got to be just an air filled balloon on a stick yeah um, it, I guess it's more annoying for staff if they just let it go and it goes all the way to like this, like thirty. The ceilings degrees. at Supernova are pretty high, like that uh, well, the Olympic inter- Park. The convention center in Darling Harbour is even higher. Are they? Yes, yeah. they are the International Convention Center. Yeah, yeah. I was a team leader f- um, uh, for there for uh, RTX Sydney. Yeah. That building, knowing the ins and outs, running around of it, and how tall it is, like there are. It, it goes deep because the ground level where people come in and enter, mm. it, you go down five floors. Yeah. It's like, you know, you go into the, the doors and you're going down an escalator into the halls. Yeah. So, like, it's well taken space and, like, it is huge halls. Yeah, I dropped in at RTX briefly and, yeah, I was pretty impressed. But it didn't fill out the... I guess the space was almost too big for it. Um, uh, yes, because um, it's a it's a beginning convention. Yeah. Um, like, we only took two halls of mm. the convention and, like... A lot of the um, like IT and video game companies, like we got Nintendo, which was a huge, oh, yeah. massive. Um, that's massive. Yeah. Um, would, and would you consider yourself part of the community of Rooster Teeth fans? Oh, the Rooster Teeth community. Like, yeah, I've yeah. like I've been a member for six years. Wow. Like one of the original thirty. That's grown into twelve thousand fans strong. Yeah. Um, and the, because of that fandom, we now have an RTX in Sydney, the only international RTX. It is. Is it? Um, convention. Yeah. You mentioned about um, that um, when we had the other conversation that um, you guys have the con- convention outside of uh, America, but UK, China, and other parts of the world which has a higher populace doesn't have an RTX. Well, so you can understand it with China because, well, they speak Chinese. 
but you would think they'd have at least one in England. Well, it's yeah. the it's it's like packs as well. It's like there are four packs every year: three yeah. in the continental US and one in Australia. Um, and you think, why is it in Australia? Why isn't it in London or Canada True. Or, or anything like that? Yeah. And it is because the nerd culture in Australia per capita is the highest in the world, yeah. especially Melbourne. Which um, makes it so much even more criminal that the government um, are basically penalizing anyone that wants to be in the video game industry. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, like the subsidiaries of like the taxes that they were getting that they've cut, um, you know, an industry that like is so big down there. Like when you go to PAX, the independent um, developers down there, they have a whole hole to themselves. It's a a beautiful thing for um, Australian developers in culture and video game culture and pop culture Mm. in general. Um, Yeah, it's and as I said, let's not go into how backwards our government is in all different matters. Of so, adapting with the times. That's um, right. Remember the R rating thing? Like, oh my yeah. God, yes. How um, crazy was that, man? And yeah. we're still not getting games as they should be. So. Yeah. I think South Park was recently released with the uh, censored stuff reinserted. Yes, because um, the new one, the fractured butthole, yeah. um, has got cleared for a full adults-only unedited version for Australia. Nice. Um, which is which is good to hear. Because, um, yeah. yeah, that was a really good game. And yeah. if people could... Yeah, it was such a struggle. Like, it cost... Like, you know, people were pirating the um, American version mm. of um, the first game, uh, Stick of Truth, just yeah. so they can get the unedited content. Not see the koala. Yeah. And, um, you know, oh. that's... Because all they did to replace the censored stuff was add in a koala that was... A still seen... image. A yeah. still image of a South really? Park koala. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I remember they had Left 4 Dead when that came out. There was a censored version in Australia, and then um, there was no blood and guts or whatever. So you had to get it through other ways, mainly through eBay, like an American copy. And the famous coffee incident with San Andreas that got pulled entirely. Yep. Uh, I remember running around to secondhand shops and pulling up all the copies I could get. Yep, I got my San Andreas. I got my copy of Mortal Kombat Nine from New Zealand. um, Because like, yeah, it's just like uh, it was um, banned in this country. It was pretty violent. It it was banned the same. It was banned the same year that Ed Boon came down to EB Expo, and like I I gave him my copy of Mortal Kombat. Um, Nine's a sign. He's like, "How did you get this?" (laughs) Yeah, security. (laughs) Um, Wow, Ed Boon. That's pretty cool. Mm. Those two games are the only two games with my eight-year-old son is not allowed to play yet. Mortal Kombat and Grand Theft Auto. It's a little bit... Yeah. Does he play yeah. COD? Uh, yes, but the sound has to be down because his mother otherwise can hear swearing. So that's the logic there. I'm not going to try and justify it. But mm. Hey, it's all right to kill, which reminds me, going back to it, and it's a nice seg to a quote by Stephen King recently where he was a bit upset with the amount of attention there was on the book version, uh, and there's a certain scene where there's kind of an orgy. A, between... a, a child orgy. Yes, a child yeah. orgy. And he's rather upset that that gets focused on so much, but not the child murders. Yes. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I think when it comes to the word sex, everyone goes nuts. But then the, the killing, the violence, the genocide, just in general, it's like, oh, that's okay. That's pretty normal. Because it's, it's normalized Everyone's right so, history, right? Yeah. It's, it's a standard American attitude towards you know, violence, violence well. versus sex. Um, yeah. You know, it's their laws of um, censoring content is maybe on the sexual content. Yet, like, you mm. know, violence is, you know, because, you know, they're, they're, the, begin, the history of the country was, ba- you know, bathed in violence and civil wars um, in order to find their identity. So that's why they identify with violence so well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. And there's, they've been almost constantly at war since they were a union, right? So, the youngest country in the world, and like, yeah, they're still fighting someone. 
Wait, aren't we younger? We found a white 17. We discussed 17. They've yeah. been around for 500 years. <laughs> what, so. Australia? No, America. Yeah, yeah America is straight for 500 years. Australia is like 200. 200 plus. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Captain Cook is 1788. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. We don't want to get all these people texting in and correcting. <laughs> I'll hear it through. I've had a few people get back, but it's been like, oh, tell Vin, but don't tell him who... I don't get that upset. Tell me what. Um, let's just move on. To... You've already insulted the political community and the scientific community, community, so let's 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 insult the <laughs> historical community. Right. Historical, yeah, yeah. Let's piss them off too. Okay. Uh, but I'm happy to hear all um, advice. But uh, one one thing that came in was off-topic stuff. But we don't really have a topic. We can kind of float here and float there. So. Oh yeah, I haven't, I haven't we'll got probably, a hot topic either. They closed mine down at my local shopping center. Hey. Mm. <laughs> um. I want to discuss something kind of uh, something that's not discussed on social media. That's cosplay friendship. It's uh, people often have this facade, I guess, online. They have this persona, and I see them as like quite intimidating sometimes. And then when I see them in real life, it's a completely shift on how they behave and how they type and how they, I guess, perform on the digital space mm. because it's either one anonymous or, or B. You can put Instagram filters everywhere and you look sexy. Basically, um, so David, you mentioned you, you met uh, quite a few cosplayers who are quite the uh, polar opposites of who they are online. Yeah, it's just like um, the cos, you know, play is the key word in cosplay. Um, people know the characters, and when they're out at conventions, they carry themselves either as a character or as like a very confident person, you know, and you should feel confident when you spend four hours of makeup before a con and six months of um costume making like you 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 become a confident persona of yourself um but then when you meet the real people people are just genuinely um like what not what they are uh, predicted out there and it's it's just it's a social media thing it's just like you don't put your real self out there um until you meet them and not just um cosplay friendships but also like um dating cosplay like you know a lot of a lot of um cosplay people who fall in love with cosplayers they're falling in love with the 10 out of 10 version of them, the highly um, prepped and organized version. That's just like, you know, and then when they meet the real, you know, um, daggy hoodie, um, real life uh, girl or boy or um, other, whatever gender, um, they um, don't, they, that's when they meet the real them. And for some reason, um, there's a lot of backlash in the community about that when you don't meet expectations. Um, mm. It's the uh, uh, cosplay and nerd culture um, is very incestuous when it comes to relationships. It's always about finding someone who loves the same video games or movies or pop culture or anything. The thing, but it's all about establishing proper friendships and relationships. It's all about um, finding someone who um, just agrees. Um, if you don't like who doesn't want to compromise your tastes or anything like that, having different, mm. um, is there a deal breaker for you? Cause I remember talking to someone the other night and they were like, yeah, stranger things. I just couldn't get into it. And I did make a joke like, okay, I'm just going to go over here. But <laughs> to be honest, it really did bother me. And I was like, I don't think I could be friends with that person as much as it would be if they were as, and it was a silly surface, like thought like mm. obviously it's not you can't judge someone based on what they like oh he doesn't like what i like so i'm not gonna you know but there is that element of how could you not like something so amazing 
Yeah, it's always that reaction when you find out someone wants you haven't watched Star Wars. Yeah, you know yeah. it's. Um, and, you know, what is important either in your nostalgic life, your child life, or what, what you, what your preferences are now shouldn't reflect upon others of those preferences should match. They mm. should just understand, okay, you're into this. I'm into that. Yeah. Um, and then compliment in each other's lives, either as friends or as a couple, um, and enjoying those things. Um, so I, I've had partners who don't understand my, um, cosplay, um, um, activities and hobbies um, and general nerd culture but you know it's like they know that's my thing um, and sometimes yeah they've come to a convention um, just out of more curiosity and they get bits of it other times they'll comment saying like this is like a daytime strip club um, <laughs> and um, other there. times it's just like yeah, this is just eBay and DeviantArt I'm like yeah it, it yeah. is but like we don't we go there for the community it's like we all started off as, you know, not to be, hence stereotype, we were all lonely bedroom dwellers um, who, like, we had our tastes and our likes. We had a few close friends at school or at uni who shared our interests. But once you get into a convention, you meet so many like-minded people who share that and you get genuine real friendships out of mm. that and you, you meet them outside of the convention things and you just do normal stuff. You go out and watch movies or just go to dinner or drink or bowling or whatever. Um, you know, and it's just normal friendships and like, yeah, you happen to share an interest in this thing. But if you don't, having a friendship where you don't share that interest thing is no lesser or more better if you do, especially in a relationship wise as well. It's like, you learn from other people's life. It does skills. add to it though. Like if you're both watching Rogue One and then you see Darth Vader cut through the doorway and just take out like five or six rebel, you know, soldiers and then you turn and look at each other and just go, Oh my god. There is a certain shared appreciation there that bonds you to someone, I think. Whereas with you know, but it's still healthy to have lots of friends from various um backgrounds and, you know, fandoms, but I just I don't know if it would ever be quite as... It depends on what your criteria is, certainly. Yeah. And I think we're talking about the key word that you said is normal because nerdiness, interests, whatever it may be, that's only the entry point. You're not factoring in physical attractiveness, moral values, um, location, um, other introverts or extroverts, etc., and how, how compatible you are and all those things, um, whether they're vegans, etc., and all these memes. Hmm. So having an interest in Star Wars isn't going to drive the relationship, at least in my opinion, long-term. And if it does, then good luck because I think there's there's more to it than just interests alone. Exactly. Like um, um, last month with all the American civil rights um, talk, you know, all the um, um, white supremacists and all the protests against it, um, crying a, a famous cosplayer girl. Oh yeah, I did see some scuttlebutt yes, about was, that. Was um like you know huge fan base, and which like, segs into but a she perfect... was supporting something that she <laughs> was passionate about. This is perfect because and I was... it's like it's like yeah. and then that back is like exactly it's just like you focused on one interest of her that's not the real person and yeah. just like you know whatever your views on that is is your own views. Um, but obviously like you know when you focus on one person's aspect of like. Oh yeah, she, she dresses up as my favorite characters, and like you know, she gets mm. it. But like, there are other people's aspects of life, whether it be religion or standpoint or morals or gender. politics. Yeah, and um, it's yeah, it's if you if you give up on anyone just because they don't tick us tick a certain amount of boxes, 
you're never going to live life or yeah. meet anyone. It reminds me of the really? whole, uh, I saw a spate of Facebook statuses recently where people were saying, if you are going to vote no, then basically um, you can remove yourself from my friends list. And I was like, damn. That would be. Oh, I wouldn't like, have yeah. many people on my friends list that are going to vote no anyway, but it would just, you know, and that's their choice, and they can have whoever they want on their list. But to me, it goes back to that argument of you're all in a bubble, and if you never can, you know, hear other sides of the coin, then you're never going to have a complete understanding of, you know, and that's why you get shocks like Trump getting voted in, where no one expected that to happen because they'd only talk to the people that were in their bubble, and everyone they knew was voting for Hillary or Sanders or. You know, and it happened, um, I think in the UK as well, they're expecting a, uh, like the Tories and the, what's the other side? Labour? Labour and Tories. Yeah. Um, uh, there was a huge Twitter campaign by Russell Brand to try and help get Labour in and get people to vote and all that sort of thing. And apparently it did pretty much zero to the vote. Yeah. And wow. that shocked him. He was like, oh, all I'll have to do is make a couple of tweets and I'll have six yeah. million people voting the way I want, and uh, it didn't work out that way. So, you know, there's a certain amount of hubris with... Uh, the bubble is the key word. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we tend to put our noses up a little bit in nerd culture yeah. um, about certain tastes. Like, you know, yes, our comic book movies are the billion-dollar franchises now that are ruling Hollywood yeah. um, right now. But, you know, we stick our nose up at, you know, the, the common masses who maybe see three or four movies a year and say, yeah, I'm going to go see Transformers. Yeah, I'm going to see Fast mm. and Furious. Um, you know, these big, like, common denominator m um, movies. What we see maybe is studios that are cashing on, you know, like Universal and their dark universe. Yeah. And um, it's like, you know, we, we, we up and up, like, oh, why isn't Baby Driver making this amount of money? Mm. Or why isn't oh. original films being made? Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's like we can't be, you know, stuck up about it just because what we're passionate about isn't the norm and stuff and all that so not just in the boxes that's how what should be considered with just on all humanity levels yeah of you know uh, friendship and love um and stuff um especially the a lot of friendships in the um cosplay community also especially between um the opposite sexes or whatever gender you are um there goes in that criteria of the friend zone of um mm. like you know it's like um because um nerds tend to wear their hearts on their shoulders um about how they express themselves and stuff and they play a long game um and whenever a nerd girl is single that is it's a horrible open market where <laughs> guy you know it's yeah where, where incestuous happens um she does get a little bit uh what's the just no yeah. she's just every guy is is just, like, every guy is it like yeah. a the window opens and yeah. every guy every guy jumps on jumps on the opportunity yeah. to goes oh my god it's the video video game girl i like with the red hair and the glasses that i love and if she knocks him from back, afar it's like, but, but i'm, I'm never a nice expressed. guy i'm such a nice guy and i'll never get what i want because i'm too nice that whole being, being uh, nice argument. doesn't mean you're going to get any action no it's you shouldn't being nice. you're not entitled to the, um, the someone that is, you think if you're you being like. nice to just the hot girls you're being ingenuous it's like exactly. are, are you nice to the grandmas or to, to trying to save the cats and shit if you're not and you're just towards the attractive women then you're being you know there's this like Darth Sidious kind of work happening right what? you'll end up like that kid in America who went around and stabbed a bunch of college students because he wasn't getting laid really yeah mm. you missed that whole yeah the, the, the pressures of a fraternity life uh, university, mm. he couldn't 
get into that lifestyle and stuff, that expectation of it. And unfortunately he went to an extreme, um, in his mind. And that, and that can happen here in the cosplay community as well. It's like how, um, uh, nerds deal with, um, you know, uh, rejection or mm. not being like, I care about and show my love and affection to this person so much and I don't get anything back. It's not a nerd thing. It's a human thing. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And, you know, cause we're all, you know, social media warriors and stuff and all that. We mm. get on the, so we just, they voice their opinions without thinking, um, straight away without like, you know, attacking the, the social media version of someone and not actually having a conversation with them properly. Yeah. 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 That's no, it's really all important. too rare when it can be resolved peacefully. Like recently I posted that vault suit and someone said that joke about drinking too many Nuka Colas, but that actually got resolved quite peacefully. Like a friend of mine said, Hey, that wasn't very nice. And then they were like, Oh, I'm sorry. Um, so it didn't escalate at all. It no. actually got the air sucked out of it because someone called them on it and, and in not in a way of like, well, you're fat too, you know, or anything. It yeah, was that, just, that you fight help. fire with, it doesn't always have to be with fire. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can just reach someone another way. And unfortunately, that's not the uh, go-to uh, reaction for most people. Like you said, they, they just see it and they, they're in the moment and they're aroused by the heat of like, oh, I have to come back even stronger and post like a meme that's going to be really edgy. And yeah, it's just... Yeah, I'm guilty of that myself. I'm sure at some point, here and there. But you know, the key is to be able to recognise it and hopefully change for the better. And um, that's that's you'll, something. You'll get that, there, buddy. You know, <laughs> you'll get there. It's a work in progress. Well, you and Pat and I are of a certain age where we've experienced life before social media. Yeah. Um, getting our confidence um, in our social lives were organised either on the phone. Or like Windows M- MSN, um, totally for it, and it's just like ICQ. ICQ. I was going there. Was, we, what was that thing that went diddling? We didn't have social media in high school, and because of that, we mm. sort of developed um, a hardship of um, knowing what we wanted, how to get it, um, and um, to be with the people we wanted to be, sure. um, and, to, and just to make things happen directly. It's just like when you have a younger community. Who, um, who all knows of social media, like a Facebook event is one of the most worst organized things ever because <laughs> you can never trust the numbers. Yeah. You don't know who's going to show up or if it's going to go down or anything like yeah. that. Where we had it, we you know we either just had an SMS or an MSN or literally just a ring yeah. around the phones to say like, hey, do you want to be here at seven um, on Sunday? Done. Yeah. Like, but then it was only four or five people. These days, people try and invite everyone on their friends list, mm. which can be over a thousand people sometimes, yeah. um, or everyone in a group. And this is the depths of how petty I've been. A couple of years ago, I organized a um, film night. We were watching, uh, I think it was a Marvel movie marathon in St. Peter's. I remember this, yeah. Yeah, it was good fun. Oh, we had yeah. some great people there. That was, <laughs> well, I wish fun. we could do that um, more often. Yeah, cool. But something kept happening at events like that where you'd get 50 yeses and you were basically organizing it based on how many you would order pizza or whatever, based on how many people were coming um, or seating or, and you know, we had the venue that I was not paying for as such, but were, you know, it was, it hinged a little bit because that was a role playing game place where, so they would kill a certain number of tables based on how many people we thought we were bringing. Yeah. Um, the Exiles Gaming Club. So check them out on Facebook. It's still there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I had a lot of no-shows and I remember pulling up a Word document 
and writing down the names of people who said they were coming and then didn't come <laughs> and like messaging them at some point and writing down their responses so there was some kind of like not so much a blacklist but if they keep doing that like compilation uh, yeah. and, so, and i came across it the other day cat. going through my documents and i was like wow that's pretty bad dude and if you don't invite them that's when you get the sick invite yeah fucking sick <laughs> invite bullshit no so. I, I think facebook is is just well known for a lack of commitment again if someone calls me up physically by phone and i hear their voice i'm having more of a an emotional connection a sense to go because they called me up um back in the day i'd say hey man do you want to just go to the rsl and, and almost always that they wouldn't flake unless there was an emergency and they'd make that commitment in time nowadays you're clicking yes maybe or no and the fact that having the maybe button there just, it just shows like oh if something better comes along i'll go there instead yeah i'm just keeping my options open yeah. in the facebook events like yeah. case in point the uh, dragon ball event happening yesterday it was the uh Shout like Goku um, in some landmark event because it happened in America, in France, and gone viral. And so we did it in Opera House. Um, 8,000 people interested, 3.6K going. Guess what? 1% came, which yeah. was like maybe And a similar 30, thing happened 50. with that Pokemon walk, which ended up on the news. Oh, I remember. Right, yes. Yeah. There was something like 10,000 people going, but then it ended up being about... <laughs> Well, there are ways, there are ways around yeah. it. Like, I'm part of the Routif community and yeah. I know hundreds and hundreds of of um, fans and friends um, in um, the Sydney greater area that we meet at a lot of conventions and once a month we do like a meetup. Oh, yeah, we're going to do a karaoke night or something like yeah. that. But on my normal weekends where I was just like, okay, I want to, you know, there's my close friends in that. It's like, I'm not going to create an event and possibly invite everyone that I sort of uh, know and associate, or who I know we do this in the time. Yeah. That's why I have like, you know, a specific group chat of like that core, like my, my four closest friends right now are guys I met over the six years of um, that community and stuff. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, we met at an event and stuff and all that. We got on, we had some drinks and then it's just like, we just, yeah, this one, th this one YouTube channel brought us together, but everything that we agreed with or got along with or like disagreed with got us friendship. And now it's like, oh yeah, we have to do a routine thing as well. But my small like, hey, we just normally hang out or go do dinner yeah. or drinks or something like that um, without an event, without, um, mm. you know, uh, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be around a convention or yeah. a routine gathering or, um, anything like that mm. um so, you know that's the real friendship you start. and as i saying, like the i i went to a convention by myself um another thing when i was in my early 20s um you know and i met people who i'm close friends with now because literally they were by themselves as well we shared something like talking to someone in a line for a celebrity you want to meet or a comic yeah. book artist you know you generally start talking to people and then you meet circles there and then like yeah then eventually like going to conventions now it's just like i have so many social circles that i want to i don't see in a while like such as used mm. to it's just like i run into you at every convention and like oh yeah. good i could have a catch-up conversation with you guys um or everything like that and then my other the cosplay friends routine friends video game friends um charity friends like yeah it's it's all there that's one of the big things where you go to conventions i don't go there to see celebrities or you know buy merchandise that i can get on ebay or anything like that it's just right. like great everything yeah. everyone i i know and care about a thing are going to be one centralized place it's like um i can go to a convention for like half an hour and i'm done but mm. like oh i'm with all my friends all right we're gonna go down to the pub we're gonna go everything like that and like that's that's yeah. the, that's the good thing yeah. about cosplay community mm. um, 
this reminds me of something that uh, was talked about on the recent Split Screen podcast, which is hosted by Lucky Bones and Grim Bones, yep. Black Cat and uh, what's his name? Dan Milkovich. Uh, it's done with SBS. Yeah. That's when we've made it, if we ever get sponsored by SBS. But um, basically, they were discussing the Punisher incident where a guy, I don't know if he was really cosplaying Punisher, he just kind of looked like him because he was wearing a long black cloak and he had a bunch of weapons, which unfortunately were real. So as soon as the cops picked him up, and uh, he'd made all sorts of threats to one of the... And it goes back to that nice guy thing where he'd been obsessed with one of the girls that was there and she wasn't, you know, she was kind of trying to avoid him and that whole drama. And he was going to have a showdown with a Power Ranger. Apparently, that was another um, aspect. It just got weirder and weirder the more you read about it. Yeah. But uh, essentially, the cops asked the convention to not allow any more props. Um, and the community were... There was a lot of outrage, but essentially everyone complied and it was still a very busy convention. Um, so, which begs the question, like, if they started removing things like any kind of props at all or any kind of costume where you were showing flesh between here and there, like, if they got very restrictive, essentially, would you still... Like, what would it take to stop you from going? Because, as you're saying, it's mostly about the community. Um, so how much could they shut down the other aspects of it before you were just like, no, it's not worth it? Um, it's basically fringing on human rights, yeah. basically. Like, um, the example I use, um, basically, is um, I'm a wrestling fan. Um, so when you see a wrestling show, they all have their signs that say, like, oh, yeah, go for this person or anything like that. And yeah. some people put... Stuff that, um, like, you know, either religious aspect or like John 316, yeah, or something like that, or even like then, or like they're they're fans of the bad guy, um, in wrestling. And if they, if, if someone's on show and they're showing a thing like, I support this guy, the bad guy, and like the producers don't like that, they confiscate the signs, right, in the sporting, and they're like, you know, that's. Infringed on free speech. Is that just in WWE that that happened? Yes, yes, yes. So it's uh, essentially Vince McMahon sitting there and going, get rid of that guy's sign. Yeah, pretty much. But there's like the person has a right to express his feelings about that, whether, mm. you know, where is it about? Um, and then like, so in a convention wise, it's like to stop someone expressing either who they are or the character they want to be um, for it. Like prop, like obviously OH&S issues mm. with safety, like obviously like real guns and stuff. There are precautions like plastic guns with orange tips and yep. stuff like that for it. Um, don't wear it out while traveling to a convention when it's in an established area that we know this is going to be common. No wooden baseball fine. bats. Yeah. Um, and then like appropriate clothing, like it's appropriate to the character, but in that space sort of thing, like, you know, it's like for girls wearing a G string on public transport, um, you know, that can be indecent exposure. It's generally mm. a law or something like that. Um, and then it's up to the promoters of the event to deem, like, you know, is it a family event? Do they want... Mm, that old chestnut. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, Where do you draw the line? Different types of events anyway to cater those different costumes. But um, my, my costumes have always been made out of cardboard and I've never had an issue with <laughs> props because they know it's harmless. Yeah. And I was once... They looked at my Doof Warrior from Mad Max, they looked at my guitar and like, oh dude, that might be a dangerous prop. And the woman next to him was like, dude, it's made out of cardboard. It's like right there. Yeah. And I, it is yeah. difficult for conventions because they have to just man it with volunteers who aren't getting paid and they're there for 12 hours and yeah. they've got varying degrees. Yeah, of... keep in mind, these volunteers aren't paid yeah. squat. So that they, they may be abusing anything. their power because they get like, like a, an hour maybe to walk around and have a it's look It's like, what are the benefits? But... Like, Rooster Teeth, right? You guys had volunteers, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So, so all, 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 all our, all our um, um, guardians are volunteers, um, just oh, like with Oh, Supernova. they're called guardians now. 
Yeah. Oh well, everyone thinks like um <laughs> um in Rooster Teeth they're guardians at Pax they're um enforcers, mm. um and then the Supernova crew, um I think they're just guardians as well. But like um RTX RTX um is run by the same people who do Supernova, um and working with the the organizers who run Supernova as they started to work with the RTX community these hardcore guardians who they love us like how we get it done like we're all a different team store freelancers pas um security um all that compared to the mishmash of people they get for supernova because it's so many different cultures collection data volunteer and stuff and all that the uniform sort of uh, uh, values we have at rtx they love that they love it when we volunteer for supernova and those guys generally become more responsible roles as volunteers because of their um aspects um uh for it but touching back on what you were saying earlier i had an incident um at uh, oz comic con a couple of years ago um where i was just as um jesse from firefly um and i had a gun harness a leg gun harness mm-hmm. um and it was the end of the con and all that i was having some dinner and then going to central station i was still technically wearing all my stuff but i had a plastic gun i took the gun out of the holster and put it in a bag and stuff and which all one's that. jesse it's oh, not jane, jane cobb. cobb that's jane sorry jane cobb right okay sorry I do apologize right. jane cobb i was um, like breaking bad jesse? yeah <laughs> so yeah so Bitch. so yeah I was, I was jane um and then like but i still had like the straps around my leg yeah, yeah. and stuff uh, and, all, and the cops the drop holster yeah and the cops came up to me and says oh you know you should take that off you know people might think and so they were really cool about yeah, it yeah. but i even though I'm, okay i'll obviously put the gun away because yeah. obviously i'm in a public place but even yeah. just having a strap where a holster was there was a girl that dressed up as quiet at eb games expo last year in sydney yep. she got a fine for she had like a a fine two, me, two meter long sniper uh, rifle sniper rifle yeah. And it they was crazy, obviously not real. Yep. Yeah. And she was dressed in the the bikini, you know, the yeah, yeah, it's quite skimpy and all that. Yeah. But yeah, she was pretty gun. upset about that. But yeah. did, did yeah. the gun have a tip? I think that was Ellie Hour. Yeah. So yeah, poor thing. I mean, all it would have taken was a bit of discretion, and okay, you know. Um, well, you I don't think bag, she was man. running around yeah, on the train. She was just outside doing a photo shoot. The, so it is tricky. The funny thing is, um, I've been going to every PAX in mm. Melbourne, um, and where it is at the Melbourne um, Exhibition Centre is on the promenade. So the casino is across the street. Yeah, that'd be it's a great huge location. restaurant area. It's a big park and all that. So there's all these cosplayers doing photography and stuff mm. like that and everything like that. And there are no police incidents mm. at all. It's like, and there are people like, you know, in Warhammer outfits and giant swords, like walking, mm. walking through this uh, Melbourne CBD and the promenade in huge public areas and food courts and stuff like that. And there's no hassle whatsoever or anything like that. There's no complaints about it or anything like that. Everyone's like that because the town supports it. Like mm. Melbourne, that, that culture of like, you know, the um, the tennis art, and the yeah. Formula They're One and the friendly comedy down, festival. Yeah. They're very like, you know, it's like, okay, this is happening. Like, you know, uh, for like with Sydney, um, you know, this is, this, if, you know, if terrorism is going to happen in, in Australia, unfortunately it's going to happen in Sydney. Um, like the Link Cafe incident mm. um, and stuff like that. So yeah, and like, these events like, yeah, Smash in Rouse Hill, like, you know, we don't worry too much about in Parramatta. You mean Rose Hill? Yeah. 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 Um, and then, I'm like, like corrector guy tonight. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the, yeah, but it's like <laughs> catching a public ferry to Oz Comic Con and walking around Darling Harbour, like with props and stuff. Mm. That's going to be a hassle for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. That would be interesting to see if when it returns to its home in Darling Harbour, 
um, how that's going to work. I don't know. I loved in a previous um, episode where yeah. you were sort of like, you never really experienced the um, Darling Harbour no, smash. So, to to me, me, that is the pinnacle. To me, Rose Hill was... Of, Rose Hill, next Rose year, Hill then... was the downgrade. Because um, yeah. really? back when Smash was like, um, it was at Town Hall Hall. Right, um, it was tiny. Before that, yeah, it was tiny. Well, we've been and doing this for a long the expanse, time. Yeah, all, wow. all I have is this great experience of Smash at Darling Harbour because mm. you had that big, giant area where everyone was doing photo shoots. I was right next to a food court in Harborside. Yeah, yeah. So you had, you had the eyes of the general public just coming like... Oh wow! Like look at these costumes. Like yeah, it, it was, was a it was, was a lot more interaction with the general yeah, public. Yeah, cool. with uh, Rose Hill, we're stuck in a corner. Yeah, like you right. know, in a- and that was when I was a cosplay noob, and I would turn up with full SWAT gear. Um, you know, the most realistic looking guns I could find stories, that were painted you, and weathered. Oh yeah, yeah. No, and it was, it was just thought it was funny because there was I ran into a bunch of other Milsim guys, and they all seemed really nice. They're like, yeah, yeah, I'll do some photos, and uh, yeah, apparently I was very shunned. A couple of over the period of time after that because they'd seen me walking around and not having it all bagged and that was just pure A, yeah, it was a bit silly and B, just pure ignorance of yeah. the mores and, you know, what should be done. But, yeah, I just thought that going back to the community and how prickly it can be sometimes. I was cosplaying as Ezio um, at Smash at Darling Harbour and I had the hidden blades yeah. of stuff and I was sitting at this bar because right next to the main entrance of the old convention center um with the glass doors where everyone's doing their photo shoots was the hard rock cafe and they had a bar downstairs um yeah. in harborside so there was a few tables and chairs and stuff and all that so I, I i was sitting there in cosplay doing daytime drinking um for the whole day um and then like you know so i'll be talking to mates who'd like you know oh they get one arrest they come have a drink with me or something like that mm-hmm. and um, i'll be sitting there and then kids would come up to me can i get a photo Ezio? and i'm still <laughs> drink, <laughs> drinking and stuff and all that and this barmaid was like, oh, I was like, what's, what's going on? And I started chatting, chatting to her all day. Yeah. She had no idea what was going on and stuff, what I was dressed as, anything like that. And then she's like, oh, you know, I'm doing a shift at um, Scary Canary um, afterwards tonight. You should come around um, mm. for a drink. And then like, yeah, I did. Um, and like, Is that where Mary met the prince? Something to do with a bird. No, no, um, yeah. That um, was in Queensland, wasn't no, it? No, no, she uh, met him at a bar in Sydney. She met him at a bar in Sydney. Mm. Um, uh, was it Atrium? Something, Something to do with Canary, yeah. I thought. Anyway. Uh, Scary Canary is a backpacker bar. It near Darling Harbour. It was right down the bottom there near the retro. Mm. Um, and yeah, and like, yeah, and I went to the bar just normally and stuff and all yep. that. And I'm oh, sorry, sort of hooked up with a barmaid. Yay. But um, yeah, it's just like from all <laughs> that, just like that public thing. Like, and you were no longer a virgin. Huh? <laughs> yeah. And then I yeah, popped my cosplay cherry, my oh, cosplay yeah. uh, sex cherry. <laughs> I can't say I've ever had... That's a good question to put out to our listeners or cosplay three sex. of you guys. Have you ever gotten laid because of cosplay or has it ever lent, put you in a situation where it's helped facilitate, you know, the cosplay knowledge of a community? woman? Um, I, I got laid um, because I um, could do the sound effects from Mario Kart 64 um, and... She wasn't even a nerd or a gamer. We were, We're not going to just slide over that. We need to hear some of these sound effects. Yeah, man. No, I don't want to blur the audio. But like, yeah, it was. It was. I was just drinking on um, Australia yeah. Day um, yeah. with a girl and stuff, and we we're just talking. And yeah, and then obviously talk, playing sixty four multiplayer as kids came mm. up, and I was just uh, let's go select your player. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a, a <laughs> it's yeah. See, so I don't want to blow the audio and stuff and all that. But like, yeah. Um, it's a very loud impersonation. The levels are over 9,000. That impressed her enough to yeah. like, you know, and the fact that she actually made me do the sound effects yeah. during sex was... Yeah, it's um, pretty low. Kidding. I don't know. Everyone has their kink, you know. Yeah. Don't kink shame. 
For some people, it's Mario Kart. Good yeah. for her. No, good, good, um, good no, for, for you, me. Man. It was it like it was never an issue because obviously I met my um, partner before. We both got into cosplay about the same time, and uh, yeah. So, and that uh, that's. Yeah. And I don't really do cosplay regularly anymore enough to. Um, I'm too old. Everyone's like, yeah. I consider myself now. retired, and I'm just like, yeah. I'm not some pretty Asian guy who can yeah. look like everything. Um, yeah. So like, yeah, it's just like I can I play like Vin. Yeah. No, I'm, I've been called pretty a halfie boy. so many times because I don't look full Vietnamese. Yeah, really? half is great. You you can adapt. It's even better. You're Keanu Reeves. Yeah, I'd like to be Keanu Reeves because he's a vampire. He never ages. And John Wick. He's immortal. Yeah. Oh, he's um, amazing. I would have his babies. Babies are cool. Mm. Yeah. Until you they have, go good with jam. Unless you, wait, unless you like sleep. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's where we're at with Oz Comic Con. Are you going to be there? Even though you're going to be there. I, yeah. I, it's my least favorite Sydney right. convention. Um, luckily for me, like, you know, I do the interstate cons as well. Yeah. The melt of, so PAX and uh, Brisnova um, uh, for it. So my cosplay, my um, convention year hasn't ended, although I am retired. Um, cosplayer but like and I don't film cosplayers so anymore. you're just gonna dress casual I just I, I, I dress as Citizen B mm. um, and then like yeah and um, just casually get to enjoy a con and um, background character in Tekken pretty much something. yeah it's weird though it's like I've gone from yeah. attendee to um, cosplayer to media to uh, volunteer to running um, conventions and mm. when I go back to as attendee I'm Bored. I got. I. I went to. I was in. Really? Mel, I was in Melbourne during Mel, uh, Melbourne Comic Con, mm. um, just to see friends and stuff. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, I'll buy a ticket and go to Melbourne Comic Con. My friends are going to be working there as well. And I was bored. I was like, I was like, I got nothing to do. I was like, I was talking to my friends. I was like, can I work at the store or something? Can Can I do something? Because like, I I don't want to walk around. So and you're not a big fan anything. of panels and. Um, like I that. was, um, that was like, you know, meeting, um, a lot of voice actors, um, yeah. in the past, um, stuff. Panels are great because as Vin agrees there, that's the free stuff. That's all guaranteed stuff you can go mm. see and enjoy. Yeah. Um, Cause I mean, even if you didn't want to pay 400 plus dollars to meet Liam, Chris Hemsworth. Oh, um, um, so yes. Still do the Q and A. So from your, from your episode earlier where you were talking about that, um, um, just to shed some light as someone who worked at, um, Supernova, ah, um, for oh. it. Um, yeah, like, um. The the reason for the pricing um, was obviously it was was out of Supernova's hands of pricing yeah. and stuff and all that. But the asking fee for the agency or management who handled um, Mr. Hemsworth, um, he, they had to make um, five hundred thousand dollars. Wow! That weekend, um, did they get half there? Half a million. Surely for, they got there because they added more. One time. day, yeah. um, uh, Not even six the hour day. window. Yeah. Um, uh, for it, that's yeah, that's why the oh, prices. Were um, uh, that so? Who much. what? Who decided that amount? Like who said five hundred thousand? The agency or management who handles. Yeah. Mr. So they were like, "We're not going to flow him over unless this amount comes back to us." That's correct. Wow. Oh, okay. And they get obviously a cut. It's like a huge, like twenty percent or something. I don't know. Uh, no, um, Supernova didn't make any money from that. I'm talking about the agency. They would have the agency, made, yeah, yeah. So the agency cut was just like their Supernova made money fees from the free publicity, the traveling, and the hotel yeah. and stuff and all that. But like, yeah, the um, the like he didn't get any of the ticket gate or anything like that. Um, it was mainly just he was there to be there, and obviously his appearance of there would get people to go yeah. through the doors. Yeah, and to promote to be a big draw card as well. Yes, exactly so, right. Because I mean, being filmed in um, Queensland. Um, and he did donate a large amount of his yes fee. Chris Hemsworth was an absolute gentleman like yep. I was um, so when he first appeared to do his signing line 
um, I was standing in the structure because the photo booths this year was at the last back hall yeah. surrounded by a lot of stalls. So the traffic was ridiculous. Um, and all that compared to obviously the empty traffic that was in the artist alley mm. um, section. Um, yeah. Not like enough signs. That was a very what a shame. mismanaged um, thing. And a lot of people mm. who run Supernova um, weren't running it this year either. Um, oh, so it wasn't the regular. It wasn't, it wasn't most of the regulars. Okay. Because, uh, like, yeah, um, just like what happened. Apparently, his brother was on the door being yeah. a gatekeeper for media. Just like Smash, like, you know, like the people who originally run it in years yeah. are no longer um, the leaders or volunteers okay. and stuff because they've, they've all grown up and moved on Fair professionally enough. or personally. Yeah. Um, but the PR person remembered me yeah. and that was nice with Smash oh, yeah. you're dealing with someone that works so for Smash I want to shout out to uh, Susan Ma Susan who Mark. was the PR person for yep. Smash and yep. she remembered me too she remembered and, me and I, like, I did the newspaper thing yep. that was two years ago and she remembered me she's like oh hi Vin I'm like hi uh, oh Susan uh, hi Susan <laughs> how, how are you I was just looking at my tag when she gave me the media yeah, pass yeah, yeah. I had to so do I was the like, same oh, thing yeah, um, how's things, blah, blah, blah. But she's in, they all seem very professional and very yes, passionate um, about what the, they're doing. Because the, yeah, cause of the you know the money or lack thereof that they get paid, mm. the passionate people are the ones who stay there and get the job done. And they, yeah. really, they do remember you. When you contribute um, to a convention or help out, they remember you. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it, it's, it's one of the gratifying things. It's just like, oh, you know, I helped do something or did some promotional media years ago and they don't forget that you know yeah. you made a bit of their job a little bit easier and they appreciate that for everything because i got asked to do like multiple uh, newspaper interviews and photo shoots for yep. like daily telegraph paramount sun a black town a newspaper etc and i always when they asked me to be on the phone like what's so good at smash i always emphasize it's like the strong volunteers and the, and the strong support for local artists yes. local community art and that's and it's it's not like swam uh it's not drowned in by like corporate like agenda that other I guess conventions is is based on with sponsorship and yeah. so on. And the only sponsor places. that I can really remember standing yeah. out was Madman, and they're kind of an indie right. mob outfit themselves. I mean they they're big, but they're still well. They got their own convention now. Yeah. All right. Where's that happening? Melbourne. They've had the Madman convention. Um, this will be the third year. Wow. Um, for it. So like, out of the loop. But yeah. Well, the the, the anime um, conventions down in Melbourne, they've all gone. Mm. There was there was like so many different variations. Like that's how right, because Smash is purely a Sydney. Yeah, it's in the name. Yeah. yeah. There's like yeah, because we had Animania here as well yeah. and stuff like that. They had oh, they had a Manamania or something like that down there. Um, mm. And um, a few other things that just like, you know, they went work for a few years and it worked, but like, yeah, eventually they went the way of Animania. Um, and, uh, and there goes. So Madman now does that um, in Melbourne and they do it. It really needs that kind of um, backing to have enough of a signal to get to everyone so they know it's on. Yeah. Smash has got enough um, critical mass so everyone knows when it's happening and is excited about it. Supernova, Oz Comic Con, they've got the. You know, channels that they have. Oz Comic Con, I have a very opinion about Oz Comic Con. Um, yeah, what in particular? Well, it's just like, um, it's 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 a it's a branding thing yeah. um, with that. Like, the location and, because it's, uh, I, I don't know who the mob who runs it, but with Oz Comic Con, they get a lot of um, the critical mass because of the name itself. Yeah. Because of the general masses who just think Comic Con. Oh yeah, I watch 
Big Bang Theory. I, I know of Comic-Con. Oh, we have an Australian Comic-Con. They think it's associated with the San Diego or New York yeah. Comic-Con. Um, well, it's completely further from the truth. Yeah. Um, and then you go there. You go into that big white hall in the middle of an island. Um, Which now like, to be back at Dying Harbor. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's just like, yeah, yeah, it's just like, you know, yeah, they get, they get some guests, but not the level of Supernova. Um, and, um, and then like, yeah, but the pretty much it is like the panels and the cosplayers are sort of not a part of their big picture thing. Mm. I got to sit two it's feet just, away it's from It's just stalls. You know, it's all stalls. Up. From the, the X-Files. Stalls. I was pretty happy with that. And MacGyver. Seems like he's got nothing to do though. There's no artist alley at Oz Comic Con. There's a few... There's a couple of artists. But, yeah, it's it's doesn't not, com- obviously, Supernova is a little bigger and Smash is bigger than all of them. Oz Comic Con doesn't support um, local. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've all got areas where they can improve. But I do have to say that I prefer dealing with the Oz Comic Con um, PR people. They're a lot more positive. Yes. Um, no, we'll, we'll are they accepting that. of yeah. media passes and applications yeah. and so on? Mm. So what's been your experience like? At, as well, this a, year they're talking the about getting a bunch of us down to Pitt Street Mall and handing out flyers, which is very grassroots. Oz Comic Con? Yeah. Cool. So you know, yeah. we'll see how that goes. Yeah, awesome. It's yeah. got to happen soon. Yeah, well... <laughs> It's like two but, um, weeks or three weeks away. Well, next away. Sunday, I believe, was it today? There was a protest about equality. Yeah, that protest is going on right now. <laughs> right now. I feel wow. kind of guilty for not being out there. But yeah. 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 Oh, well. Jeez. We're comfortable in this dark room. Um, is also coming kind of happening over the long weekend? It's on the 30th, I think. Yeah, the 30th and the 1st. Like the 1st is the Sunday. Yeah. And then the Monday's a public holiday. Right. Oh. But it's so at least you'll have some time to recover. Isn't this usually the EB? Expo weekend, but obviously that's moved yeah. That's part of the reason why EB didn't happen in Sydney this year. Plus, they were getting a lot more money in in Queensland. No, there was more, you know, help from the government, the state government up there. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it's because a lot of the publishers pulled out. Um, no, I think there was a lot of reasons. They used to get a lot of um, incoming traffic because of because um, it was the um, long weekend in Homebush. It was yeah. grand final, um, so like you'd literally have. Um, you know, all the f- young football fans, you know, their families coming up to the, the stadium early. Yeah. Like, they'll go to um, EB Games. Yeah, you would um, see them stream in with their, all their colours on. And, yeah. yeah. But then the problem is, like, you know, it's like, you know, they're, they're the families, you know, the Call of Duty crowd, you know, they're just a Everyone plays FIFA that. thing. They yeah. come in and line in and just like, oh, we have to line up for hours to play this one game. And mm. they're not used to that convention because it's, 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 it's a trade show. It's They've not been trained as right. consumers yeah. to do that. Um, but then the funny thing is, is this like, this is why I really love PAX is everything you get at EB Expo is at PAX a yeah. month later. And I don't know what the, I don't know how it works, but there are no lines. Mm. Like you can easily right. play whatever game you wanted to play at EB Expo at PAX without line up for 10 15 minutes maybe yeah. it's not that it's vip um express pass or anything like that yeah. how the halls are set up because everyone at pax is like there's so much for everyone there you know most people are doing tabletop or cosplay or the ridiculous amount of panels um, um and stuff from international guests you know people are there for a lot of things and just like oh yeah i can literally just walk down and go play that beta or mm. something like that so easily and then the indie indie section where it's just oh my mm. god like, it really sounds like a mecca for yeah. gaming and cosplay fans yeah it's, it's on the list it's a bucket yeah. list that's for sure I recommend anyone who hasn't been to PAX needs to go to experience it mm. to realise how the conve- the full convention system works in Australia and what needs to be improved and what needs to be worked on alright because um, like yeah it's just like that international organisation but with this strong Australian um localization running it and the support mm. of the local government on a huge scale it is 
it's an event. It is. Mm. It is exactly like the Sydney Comedy Festival or the Formula One or anything yeah. like. It's amazing. Well, it definitely sounds like it's worth the trip. Um, yeah. We are running out of time though, and there's two things I did want to discuss quickly. I did watch the Defenders. And did enjoy it. It was only eight episodes or something, so it just ran through. I think it was in yeah. almost two days I watched it all. What would you give it out of um, 10 and why? I'd give it a solid 6.3 um, because, uh, I don't know, I for me, the strongest show for me was Daredevil and he was kind of, he was in it, but um, his role was, let's say, a little bit marginalised compared to, say, the Iron Fists and the Luke Cages, which they had a funny little you know, relationship that they played on like a buddy cop talk, they, you know, at odds and had a showdown and then they grudging respect and all that sort of thing. And, but I, I just found it hard being emotionally, getting emotion, emotionally invested in um, any of the characters. Yeah. I don't know if it's because I'd seen it all before and now they were just doing it in the same room, um, but there didn't seem to be a lot of fresh content there. I mean, Sigourney Weaver was really good. She hammed it up great. Um yeah, just the whole thing with Electra, where I don't want to spoil too much, but she's kind of in the trailers, so you know she's alive again, um, but she's not quite herself. So there's that whole... It's, I've seen that before, where you know they're brought back from the dead, but it's not really them, and he has to confront the fact that, you know... Because um, that's more, obviously, Daredevil that had the relationship with her, and they've got a bit of a complicated time there, um, dealing with the fact that it's not really her anymore, it's some evil avatar yeah so yeah no it was good it was enjoyable i recommend it if you're a fan if you're not a fan it's probably not worth doing you you really yeah. need to have seen the others 6.5 yeah no, i don't know if that's solid but... that's a well <laughs> maybe, a really, seven, maybe a seven maybe a seven i don't know i'm being a bit back. harsh today i've yeah. had a i've had a rough morning so i had to carry a lot of furniture so i'm like that's not what i would get home and watch sure. as comfort food um for me i'd really i'm looking forward to punisher uh, the first yeah, season of that yeah, coming yeah. out. Um, to me, John that character was probably ended up being my favourite, him and Kingpin from the Daredevil show. And having neither of them in The Defenders, really, I, for me, that was yeah, not worth a big watching, hole. Right? Uh, well, it's worth watching. I mean, like I said, if you're a fan, put it in your it's Purely for continuity list. watching, as, as yeah. you say, with like Supergirl, Arrow, all four shows, it's like, I feel like it's, I'm not watching it to enjoy it. I'm watching it to keep up. Yes, that's, exactly that's, right. That's a massive yeah. difference. I've only seen all the Arrows. And I've got to admit, there's a few crossover episodes with Flash, and they mention other characters. And yeah, I'm just like, that's it doesn't click. What's going on? Yeah. Like I'm watching Westworld. I'm loving it. I'm watching oh. all four other shows on CW Network. Oh my god, it's it's a chore to watch, mm-hmm. and I'm starting to lose my passion in Arrow, Supergirl, and then Legends of Tomorrow. I'm still loving the Flash. Yep. That was that's my my show. Yep. Uh, I, I think I ordered, I ordered the hoodie off eBay yesterday, <laughs> waiting for that to arrive. But um, yeah, it. Four shows, my god, that's like over 60 episodes per season or something, or more. Yeah, they're full 24 so, episode series. Somebody kill me now, and just <laughs> even without the spoilers. They, yeah, but, they throw but, a lot of money at them, and yeah, they're all filmed in the same complex in Canada. Um, <laughs> Everything's and, filmed in Vancouver. Yeah. yeah. So, what was the second thing you mentioned? Uh, Death Note. I ended up watching that for some reason. I thought it was a series, but mercifully, it was just a one off film. Um, so, I knocked that out pretty quick. and... It started off really well. They had an odd soundtrack. It was playing a lot of... I don't know if you've ever watched Gross Point Blank. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, uh, basically had that soundtrack, um, which is great. You know, uh, all these sort of mid-90s... Mid-90s indies. But then they, did they go through the whole, like, 80s stuff from the reunion as well? Yeah, that, that, I think it was more the 80s reunion yeah. stuff, um, which, you know, it seemed to be set now. 
So I don't know what the angle was there. It was a lot of melancholy and a lot of brooding stares and I'm so lonely. Oh, look, a book. I can kill people. Oh, look, a woman that wants to help me kill them and is she all that she seems? And she can't see my uh, best friend here, Willem Dafoe, who really killed it. Like he was great as a as the voice of Ryuk, who's the demon that drops the book and just is kind of bored up in whatever level of hell he normally resides and wants to come down and... It's a bit like those old Greek myths where the gods are playing dice with people. Um, I really love the original Japanese live action. Yeah, it was great. Those two. Um, not the L spin-off. No. That was, that was a hit. I haven't seen that one. Um, but yeah, that original... Like, it was a two-parter right. uh, movie that just handled the pacing and yeah. character build up so well. I think that's what you need. And to do it all in one hit, they didn't have the time to flesh them out properly. Like, she's telling him she loves him. It was an hour and a half movie. Yeah. The, uh, that's like my toilet break. The girl who's supposed to be this popular, you know, cheerleader type that ends up with him. You know, within a minute, she loves him. You know, it's like, well, where's the... Not enough You've got to earn that. You know, and that was... It, it should have been a TV series, I feel. Yeah. I feel you know, like 12 um, episodes. There were some complaints yeah. about the whitewashing. Yeah, there was the one Asian character was a Japanese cop from... Which didn't really make a lot of sense. And there was a lot of... What's they call that? Deuce Ex Machina? Where, yeah, where it was like he just figured out how... Uh, where um, light was based on, you know, sending out some uh, false... Inf- not false information, but putting things in certain channels... So there was a little bit of an explanation, but still he found out where he was and who he was way too quickly. Yes. Like There was no Sherlock Holmes aha moment. It was just, I'm super genius guy, so I know, trust me. And all the other cops had to be like, well, all right then. And they all seemed to be following his every order. This odd-looking um, guy who wore a ninja costume and walked around eating strange-looking candy. And you had a whole police force just kind of bent to his will. And it was very hard to swallow. Um, also there was a scene where they say, Hey, we've got this death note and it looks like there's other names that have been put in here before. Um, but none of them, you know, jump out at me. So obviously whoever was filling it out, you know, had a small imagination and wasn't thinking big and let's, you know, they were petty criminals. Let's go big. So of course they spend the next, there's a bit of a montage where they kill a bunch of people in creative ways, but none of them are very much more than petty criminals. So to me, I was like, yes, kill Kim Jong-il. You know, I had all these sort of would have been epic though. Hey, thoughts of like, like why not take out every dictator that you just don't like? Imagine all the world like, leaders or, getting fucked yeah. over. Yeah, it would be. But I think a you've got budget issues there. <laughs> b it would go way outside the little story that they want to tell about the father son relationship. So many budget issues with Netflix. Yeah, well, how much they're in four hundred billion dollars in debt or something. Like well, you know, every business carries a bit of debt. Mm, they're in debt. But, um, you know, they're still making a, a shit ton of money. So damn man. Um, even though apparently for every person who has a Netflix account, there's five people watching it in America. That's the the current yeah. stat. But yeah, so for me, Death Note, I'll, I'll give it a um, uh, mealy-mouthed 7 out of 10. I don't know. It was still a fun ride. I just, you know, there's some great acting. His father, is it Bill Paxton? I can't remember his name. He's, he's definitely a, puts in a good performance. But And the soundtrack's amazing. I want that. But it just didn't seem to work with yeah. that that movie. But, um, Seems to be a repeat yeah. thing of just like it's all style over substance. Exactly. I mean, not that just with the, just these live action Hollywood anime that was movies, the phrase but thing like for, Atomic yeah. Blonde and stuff like that. It's yeah, just like, it's definitely style, style over substance. Yeah. That movie is a great example of that as well. You know, you expect it to be emotionally invested. I'm a huge and, Cold War buff. Yeah. And like, I love the 80s and just yeah. like the imagery, the shots, the music, 
Fantastic. Charlize Theron's great in Monster. That's like, but I was um, so bored, like, mm. with the double cross and triple kills and stuff. And like, even when that really awesome lesbian scene happened, I was still sitting there bored, just like, yep. I don't care. No. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same. So I think, um, I, don't, I don't know if I mentioned this already. Yeah, that was when my eight year old son covered his eyes. That was the only moment <laughs> when the two girls kissed. Okay. And, and that, that was, was as bad as it got. So it didn't. If it got worse than that, I would have had to carry him out over my oh, shoulder. Girl but, germs. Oh, that's yeah, girl germs. That's fine. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was with violence. He's fine. He just starts giggling. Um, I'm not sure if that's a good sign. But uh, yeah, the movie definitely <laughs> fell a bit flat. Um, compared to say Baby Driver, where you had that whole romance, and you know you cared what was happening. And uh, I had the same thing with the movie I saw last night. Uh, Bodyguard. Hitman's Bodyguard. Fantastic. So. They're my recommendation. Just a quick question then, because I love Baby Drive. It's my favorite movie yep. of the year this year. What is your favorite Edgar Wright movie? Um, so, did he do The Kingsman? I'm a little no. bit hazy. He he started doing The Ant Man, yep. and then it got pulled away. Yep. So it's a pity. I so he did. Just... So he did the Cornetto trilogy. Yeah. Like Shaun of the oh, Dead. That was the news we were Hot supposed Fuzz, to talk about. Um, and Director's World's End. Game. And he yep. did Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Um, that was good. A little bit of Ant Man. Um, right. And um, yeah, and Baby Driver. I think Baby Driver. I can't. A lot of those other ones I enjoyed, but Baby Driver really hit me, and uh, I don't know if it was the time and place and all that, but it just resonated. You know, I love car films, but to me, the Fast and Furious movies lost their way a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and for me, it really brought back that raw, visceral kind of you're in the car in the moment, and you don't know what's going to happen next. I didn't know what was. It kept turning. Which just when you thought you knew what kind of film it was, it. It went left yeah. and then it went right. And right. It was just, you know. To me, it's like the Mad Max Fury Road where it's like, yeah. it's it's a basic simple plot but told so well and yeah. like the technical aspect of the film, like, I love watching it over and over again just to see the transitions, the match shots and then obviously the timing of the music and like all the background. He's a that genius intro the, the Where like all the lyrics are in the background mm. of the thing, all those things, the use of like the significance of red lights Mm. Um, with the villain and stuff on like for it, it's like all that different aspect I love. But like, yeah, you're talking about the Don Draper. Draper. Yeah, the Don Draper red light. It's just like a throwaway line where Mm. she goes, um, you know, um, you know, when he when he gets his mood, all he sees is red. And then in the final Mm. showdown in the car park, red lights are going off of the police car. Yeah, Yeah. just the background, like in the laundromat, the color things of like yellow, blue, and red sheets, just like going in the background, just to create. Shyamalan's a great. artist with light as well um and uh that's one of the other ones where they use all those muted tones and browns and there's not many movies where i'm not visually the language to me i'm still learning but to when it pops that means that wow i'm gonna go old school i i I keep liking Shaun of the dead like just because it's just simple british comedy and and that grassrootsness of all and just yeah it, it doesn't have like the bells and whistles like visually you know it's not like walking dead visual special makeup but but the premise is there they're trying to go to a pub and then the final fight scene in the pub is just really hilarious mm-hmm. and then at the end they, they get saved by like all SWAT crew and stuff yeah. but um, yeah it's just because there's a whole that's relationship my, my favourite zombie comedy by far yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I, I have the unpopular opinion my favourite is actually The World's End oh, um, that is very that, that unconventional sto- that story Mm. The conventional, especially it hit at that age where I was watching the film where I realized, holy shit, I am Gary King. Um, well, it's just like, but it's just like that, 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 that holding on on friendship in a certain time and trying to rekindle that at the same time wrapped in this, like, you know, this, the great swerve of just like, oh, it's an alien invasion, um, story. And just like, 
like hot Sean Dead will always be like the funny favorite. Hot Fuzz will be the te- the um, one where everyone talks about just like that homage to action yeah. comedies and and the buddy cop things is like that's always going to be studied and just like look how well this is done. Mm-hmm. And then Baby Driver is like the greatest Edgar Wright Edgar Wright movie. Um, and then like Scott Pilgrim is the most underappreciated video game comic book adaption ever of Mm. you know probably things like the the transitions and techniques alone he hasn't disappointed yet has he he hasn't sort of had a a low moment it's just been bang 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 whereas someone like say even Scott Ridley who I think I named as one of my favourite directors Ridley Scott last week yeah Scott Ridley no not that one the other one um yeah, he's had a, a whole group. trepidation, like, going but highs and lows. But, um, yeah, like the last couple of Aliens. I enjoyed them, but... I, I didn't like it. No, the not many one. people liked it. So, All right. We've got to end yeah. on a high note, people. Um, uh, director's getting fired. I did want to mention that because uh, the guys that did Batman, they go. They got fired from uh, the Han Solo film. Yep. And then episode eight, we they lost Trevor... Colin, Colin Trevorrow. Yeah, who did the Jurassic Park film and... Uh, does it come with me? Safe travel. Uh, safety not guaranteed. Safety not guaranteed. Love that film. Love, yeah, that was a great film. Um, yeah. And it was all the backlash from his last film, which was like um, Saving Henry or something like that. I can't oh, remember I the time. I've seen that one. It was a small it. indie film that he yeah. did earlier this year, um, oh. and like, yeah, it just bombed. Is it? Is it, is it supposed to be Easy like an indie? That played into why? Yeah, it was, it was supposed to be an indie darling, and then obviously like the um, Disney and the executives and Kathleen Kennedy being really. They know what they want and with Larry. this new trilogy. Um, and like finding directors like Mark Johnson, who did Looper, who's doing episode eight. Oh, like, so they've got... He's working very well and stuff. And they're like, you know, it's seeing... It's something these studios have been doing, like Marvel I, I and Disney. That. I didn't know who they'd named. They haven't names. named yet. They have oh, not they named. Oh. But, you know, it's a popular opinion that they want uh, Mark Johnson, who's doing The Last Jedi, which no one has seen yet. They yeah. want him to do the third one. Which I think will be a bit of a burnout because you know you got two years to do another one. And why don't they bring back JJ? I mean, that's so probably well. that's the other thing because like Kathleen Kennedy really wants to be people she knows and trusts with. Yeah. she should probably go back to JJ. Yeah, that um, to me makes sense. I mean, I really enjoyed number seven. Not everyone did, but yeah, they want directors who know how to work with this cast and crew um, to create the image that they want. But it's just like yeah, it's just like with the Han Solo movie and then with the Marvels, like you know Edgar Wright we talked about earlier. Yeah, um, leave the thing and then other directors. Um, like it seems to be any independent darling gets hired by these huge corporations mm. to create these franchise movies now Fantastic Four. because they feel like they can be melded a wall to create oh, the image right. they want. Josh Trank. It's like yeah, it's like yeah, they don't hire Scorsese or um, Zeme- um, uh, Robert Zemeckis or no. Spielberg or Howard. Well, Howard's coming back. For um, it's like they don't yeah, get these, the they don't get these established names to do mm-hmm. these franchises because they're too established. They don't have to do franchises, but they could if they would yeah. in certain situations. So the, the it just takes one person to have an indie darling thing, and they're just like, right, we want to put you in the, they give you the budget and give you the thing to create something. It works like Taiki Wakiki doing um, yeah. for Ragnarok is like oh, wow. excelling at it and I'm doing glad it that properly. He stayed on and yeah, it's just like you know, it's just like all that from just like you know, from a simple New Zealand comedy of um, yeah. what we do in the shadow to to get that movie and then like you know the the guns for mm. doing all the avengers movies now and um the other two brothers doing um the guardians and stuff you know they were tv writers for community and like right. it's mm. like you know it's like examples of that certainly the Russo brothers are gods to me yeah they're really good it's like they're not letting um someone come in and like establish a franchise like i think one of the un- underrated directors is justin lynn who mm. came in and saved um um, he's Asian. I think uh, he's. I he's suppose Canadian. he's Californian. 
I didn't oh. know he was Canadian, but like, yeah, he just came in and turned the Fast and Furious franchise into the billion-dollar industry thing. He came in on Tokyo Drift, which is well, the greatest Fast, Fast and Furious movie. Fast Vin Diesel, it was all him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was all about family. But like, yeah, just creating that formula of just like, okay, I'm gonna take this street racing movie and turn it into this epic heist um, team movie that's just like just blown up and stuff in the land. So it's like, yeah, it's a franchise that's not critically panned and stuff like that, but. He created his own and stuff, and like, and now the movies that he's no longer involved with, like six and uh, sorry, seven and eight, uh, it's sort of like okay, it's not at that level of three, four, five, six. Yeah, well, that's interesting. Uh, he's so Taiwanese American, so he's born in Taipei, but he grew up in California. Yeah. So you're right. So better luck tomorrow. If you got to see Better Luck Tomorrow, is his first one of his first films he did. It's yeah. about Asian high schoolers. That's um, right. I have that yeah. sitting on my it's shelf. The, I still yeah, watch it's it. the genesis of Harm. From ah. um, the Fast and Furious movie, like, okay. that's how he started off. Um, yeah, it's a continuation in, in his universe. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's like it's just this independent movie. It's just like Asian students. It's not, it doesn't have the same, same actor that played Han. Right? Yeah, it's the same actor. Oh my god, I can't have to watch that. Yeah. yeah. Alrighty, well, mm. Hollywood, look out for those uh, indie gems like uh, you know Fetty Alvarez doing the Evil Dead remake, which yeah. I actually liked. But anywho, that that's a long time for the podcast. Yeah, we over time. So much for your hour. What have I got? An hour and a half. That's good. I'm happy with that. Yeah, cool. Whatever. Okay, we're going to cut it to sixty next week. But <laughs> folks, uh, thank you for avoiding your toilet break, listening with us. Um, I hope you had a lot of fun. I want to thank uh, David Baker for coming on the show. Uh, David, uh, you've been uh, such a joy. Um, you've had a lot of experience, and you shared your wisdom with us through all the topics of today movies conventions cosplay the whole shebang what about you patrick you happy i just thought it was interesting that we're finishing right on 420 okay um, time to blaze up boys uh but yeah <laughs> thanks for having you. me and like it's just like I'm, you know, I'm here to support um independent podcasting as well it's a medium that everyone should you, you don't realize how much of it you consume um so much and like yeah it's just like when free you know we're not close friends but free people just shared drums just get together and get lost in time talking and yeah. stuff like that. I like that. And, you know, what we hope you enjoy listening as much as we enjoy talking about yeah. it. There's, whether where, where it's I 12 live. people yeah. or a hundred people or a thousand people listening. Yeah. yeah so to add to that, that, like where I live um, and the way I work socially, I realized eventually that I've, and doing the podcast happened organically. It wasn't because of this, but I realized after doing it a few weeks that, Hey, I'm seeing these guys a lot more often than I would. Otherwise, if I didn't do this, I'd probably just be at home, you know, wasting time in the wastelands of, um, Netflix. Fallout. Yeah. yeah, Netflix <laughs> or the Commonwealth, you know, uh, in Fallout, you know, things like that, which is great fun, but it's not very productive. Um, yeah, you just you're missing, you know, if you're just spacing out social interactions every few months, that's going to have an effect. So I'd like to thank you guys for helping me be a better all-round human being. All right, he's going to get so. better next week. Okay, folks, <laughs> thank you very much for watching. My name is Vin. My name is Patrick. My name was David. Okay, get some dessert and get out of here. <laughs>